Have your grocery costs doubled? Do you want to buy more organic food but can't afford it or maybe don't even have access to it? One easy solution to both of these is to start a small home garden. Gardening gives us affordable access to nutrient-dense foods, but also has many other benefits. It gets you outside in the sun. It gets you in the immune-boosting soil. It provides stress relief and helps us stay physically active. Research from the Journal of Environmental Horticulture found that those who garden have reduced stress, anxiety, and depression. I knew there was something magical about gardening. So today I invited Patty Ward to come and share some exciting gardening tips with us. Her and her husband have more than 30 years of gardening experience and now own a wonderful heirloom seed business called So Right Seeds. From her wealth of knowledge, she's sharing top tips for beginner gardeners so we can all start reaping the benefits. Welcome to the Daily Wellness Podcast, where you can learn about healthy living and be inspired to take the next step in your wellness journey. Uh, thank you, Patty, for joining us. I'm so excited to have you on the Daily Wellness Podcast. I am so excited for spring to be here and to start getting outside in my garden. And so I would just love for you to share um, from your experience, like, how did you get started gardening? Thank you. I'm excited to be here and talk with you about that. Um, I, My parents, when I was growing up, had a garden. Um, I remember helping my mom plant flowers and um, she would she would pay us to, you know, get the potato bugs off the potato plants. And I remember planting lots of carrots with my dad and and harvesting those carrots. Um, so it was just always been a part of my life. Um, and then when I got married to my husband, he is just has a he has a big love for gardening, always has. Um, his parents grew a garden to feed their family of 10 kids. And he also worked at his neighbor, had a, a nursery next door with some greenhouses, and he loved being over there. So when we got married, we just always had some kind of garden, even if it was tomatoes in pots on the back porch of our apartment. We just always were growing something. So that's kind of how it got started. And here... You know, we are 30 years later doing what, you know, we love most. And, you know, he just has always been obsessed with seeds and would trade seeds with, you know, little ladies on the Internet for years. He did that. And then we just kind of evolved into starting our own seed companies. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think your story sounds a little bit similar to mine. I, I remember growing up with my grandparents and my parents having gardens and you know, my my parents worked outside the home growing up. So during the summer, it would be us kids' responsibility to make sure that the garden was watered. And then we'd all have big, like, family parties during there are certain times in the, uh, you know, harvesting seasons of, you know, we'd all sit there around in a circle and shuck the corn together. We'd sit in around in a circle and snap the green beans and all the things. So it ended up being, it was a lot of hard work, no doubt, but it was a lot of good family memories for us. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I know for me, um, I love the 
just the way it makes me feel, just being out in the sunshine. And um, to me, it's a, a very serene, peaceful feeling to be out working in my garden. And, you know, you hear the birds and the bees and and it's just really quiet. I feel like it does a lot for my mental health and just getting that extra vitamin D in the sunshine. And then there are so many benefits to the physical activities that you do in the garden. It's it's really good for your health. Um, and there's a lot of articles about that. If you do some research on um, some of the health websites like WebMD, a Mayo Clinic, there's a, just, it's amazing how many benefits that someone can have from working in the garden. And then the best part is like fresh produce tastes so much better. Like, oh, so it does. And when someone tells me they don't like tomatoes, I'm like, have you had one straight from the garden? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good way to, to eat healthy food. And, you know, with the prices of everything these days, like buying enough enough healthy food for our family, a family of six, has gotten a lot more expensive. And so gardening is just one more way you can also cut costs. Definitely. I think more people are getting into gardening because of, you know, the cost of food. Um, so it's it's really timely in what's going on in, you know, our world right now. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I really wanted to have you on the podcast when I found out about your whole business because I just love it so much. I think that you like exactly like you said, there's so many health benefits just to being outside, being in the dirt, um, being in the sunshine, you know, having the little bit of physical activity, teaching our kids like where our food comes from, um, just the whole like beauty and wonder of it all. And then you have the health benefit of the awesome food that you just grew, like cheap organic produce, like right at your fingertips. Well, and and I love that you said that because you know what went on your food if you grew it like you you get to choose what kind of um you know your own fertilizers yeah yeah and so and you get to choose the kind of soil it's grown in and so i i think that's really really wonderful to kind of know and um i have this cute little grandson he's in kindergarten this year and he will not eat a vegetable like will not Unless he has grown it, like his parents, uh, all our kids grow gardens too, but he loves growing stuff in the garden. And if it's something that he's worked with, planted, watered, watched grow, he will eat it. So I see that as a really positive thing oh for kids that are, that are picky eaters. And he he fits in that category. If it's something he knows about, then he'll try it. So Wow, that's amazing. I love that. So what I know. Well, people are listening that have like no idea where to start gardening. Do you have some tips for them? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, this is a topic I love to talk about because um, I think gardening, if you start looking at all the things online and it can be really overwhelming and it, and it doesn't have to be. So if you are new to gardening, I would say grow what you love to eat. So if you don't like beets, I don't grow them. Grow, grow the things that you love to eat and that your family family will eat. So I would say, and start small. Like you don't have to grow every variety when you're first starting. Like maybe start with three to five different um, things that you want 
to eat. Like, you know, if you want to grow tomatoes and you want to grow peppers, you know, start there or start with if you really like squash and watermelon, you know, start start with the things that you love and then find out um, the specific needs of your seeds. Because seeds are they're all different. Like they're kind of like children. I like to compare it to they have different needs and the way that we tend and love them is kind of based on the specific needs of that child. But our seeds are the same way. Like some seeds like warm soil, some like cooler soil, some seed varieties really need, you know, that warm 80 degree weather in May and June to to thrive. So you don't want to plant that right now. You want to plant the things you want to know what your seeds need. And so um, I think that's you know, really important because I, I think a, a common mistake is people will go get some seeds and and then just plant everything all at the same time and water it all the same, maybe fertilize it all the same, but they don't need the same things. They don't need the same care. So you just, I, that's why I think it's nice to start small is because then you can learn about each different variety that you're going to grow. And then just kind of add to it each year. You're like, okay, we did tomatoes last year. I learned that tomatoes really like the warm, sunny weather, and I need to start them indoors at first, and then tr- I need to wait till it's cool and or warm enough to transplant them outside. That way, it's not overwhelming because you kind of learn, and then you'll know going forward. Yeah, I think that's a great tip because you not only have to learn when and how to plant things, but you have to learn when and how to harvest them as well. So it's kind of nice to go through that whole cycle with just a few things. Because if I have done the, (laughs) I have made the mistake of planting way too much and not really knowing what I was doing and feeling really overwhelmed. And I would hate for someone to just start and just get so overwhelmed that they never garden ever again. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I know, I think that happens a lot. And that's why I'm like, just start small. Um, and like, you know, what what is it you love? And really, my my husband and I complement each other really well because he really loves the vegetables. But my some of my favorite things to grow are the fresh herbs because I love to cook with fresh herbs because your food tastes amazing. And I'm like, it's so nice to always have a, a couple of, varieties of fresh herbs growing and then I love to grow flowers and you know make bouquets and give them away so um, we've kind of got that balance of he really watches out for the food and I really tend the flowers and the herbs and our son our son is the keeper of the watermelon bed because he loves watermelon like we don't even have to worry about the watermelons he'll take care of them (laughs) so I love that you you brought flowers into that because I think some people either think of it as one or the other, you know, like they're really into the flower gardening or they're really into the vegetable, you know, herb gardening and um, don't really consider flowers gardening sometimes. Like I didn't grow up thinking that way. Like my mom always had flowers in the landscaping, but I never, I never really thought of it as gardening. But I do think like there's a lot of joy and beauty and like beneficial relationships with the flowers and the and the vegetables and everything like that. So I love that you brought those together. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it's really fun to learn about um, like companion planting. And like, we were actually just doing a script this morning for marigolds. 
And marigolds have a lot of benefits in vegetable gardens. Like they help the the aroma or the fragrance helps deter pests and deer. And so some of those flowers, like lavender is another good one. They actually really help in the garden to kind of, you know, intermix them. We call that companion planting. And so that's kind of fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, if someone was just getting started, you know, it's getting getting warmer out. So I'm definitely thinking about starting to plant some things, but they maybe they've never planted or they're in a new location and they've never planted at that location. Like, how do you pick out a good spot for planting? Like, if a good spot to place your containers, if you're container gardening or a good spot for your raised bed or in-ground planting, like what would you kind of look for? Um, before you choose your garden spot, you really want to know the sunny locations in your yard. Because um, it's it's funny how if unless you're watching it at multiple times a day, you might not realize that the place you chose for your bed gets a lot more shade than you were realizing. And so I would say check um, for the sun and shade around your yard, because really anything that um, produces a fruit or a flower, you want it most of the time full sun. So you're going to want to choose a sunny location. You know, there are varieties that like part shade, but for the most part, flowers and vegetables, you're going to want full sun. And so um, that, you know, just, you know, figure out that before you start, <laughs> like digging up your grass or, right. you know, putting your pots. Like I have a front porch that is 100% shade all the time. So I can only grow a couple things on my front porch. I would love to have more, but it's it's shady. So yeah, um, yeah it's good. To a lot of people will think like, I'll just do a couple like tomato plants in containers and they'll put them like on their front porch or even their back porch. But if it's covered or shaded, it's probably not going to go very well. <laughs> yeah. And one of the points we'll talk about is light too here in a minute, because yeah, that's that is really important. Um, yeah, find finding the sun. And then the next thing I would jump into would be if you're gonna if you're gonna go to the effort and trouble, go to the effort and trouble of getting good soil because that is the foundation of your garden. And it's really sad to um to go to the effort but not have a good soil because you will be probably be disappointed if it doesn't work out well. And soil really matters. It makes the big difference. Um I I like to use for starting my seeds indoors a seed starting mix, which is really light and fluffy, um, so the seeds can easily push their way to the top. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we transplant, that's when I use a, a potting mix, which has more of the compost and more of the chunky and the the, the you know nutrient rich soil. Because they need the seedlings, you know, when you're ready to transplant, they need that extra nutrition from the the potting soil type mix versus when they're a seed, they just need a light, fluffy, moist environment. Mm -hmm. And so that's a distinction that maybe people, um, you know, don't know the difference between the two. And the seed starting mix are just, if you you can buy them from any of the big box stores and they work great. I've been really happy with like the, the Jiffy seed starting mix from Walmart. Um, 
we buy ours in bulk. So we use one that's called ProMix, which has been fabulous. Okay. Good tip. Yeah. And I then, was going to ask you, what is good soil? So I'm glad that you clarified. <laughs> yeah. So, so good soil. So then I guess that's starting seeds. Let's move to now you're ready to transplant into the garden. Maybe you've transplanted your tomatoes once into the potting soil, but now you want to grow things outside. So, um, you want to look you want your soil to have some drainage so not not all clay um so if i were starting a bed for the first time i would definitely um work like you know clear the weeds or the grass or whatever's there like you could mow it really short and then dig it up or you could rototill it um so some people like to use the um where they put a cardboard down and just kind of let that kill the vegetation and then work their soil after that. So I would definitely loosen up the soil and then add compost okay. in it early spring, as soon as you can get compost on and work that into the soil. Um, and then a way to protect your soil and kind of preserve that over winter is to add some more organic matter and over winter you just let it sit there just kind of decompose like leaves like we use chopped up leaves from the lawnmower or grass clippings and they just sit there all winter and it does amazing things to the soil and we probably um like last year we probably add a little bit of compost every year if unless it, the soil it looks amazing and we don't need it like but i'll probably add a light layer of compost to the top like my flower farm and then just work it in so yeah okay that's great yeah so different stages of the plant kind of different soils for each stage yep All right okay and then once you okay so you're you have a great spot you kind of understand like the soil that you need like what would you recommend as far as like can you give me a couple examples? Because you mentioned that some plants need like like the cooler temperatures and you could maybe start them, you know, fairly soon. And then, but some you need to wait until the soil warms up. Like what's a couple, just a couple of examples of something you could start now? Okay. Yeah. Um. Do you mean outside or inside or both? I guess it could be both. I was thinking something, I guess if they wanted to do something outside, like what would the earlier options be? Okay. Yeah. No, that's a great question because um, I think when you're starting out, you might not realize, and where where we both live in Missouri, you can really have a cool season crop in the spring, mm -hmm. like a summer crop, which is things, you know, plants that like the right. warm, warm weather, and then another cool season crop in the fall. So in our cool season crops, um, like lettuces, um, radishes um like kale um we do a lot of like pak choy um all of those kind of there's a lot of greens that tolerate the cool weather yes so that's kind of to so i love one of my favorite um i love arugula and i think it's annette loves the cool weather so i love to do i like the spicy radishes and the arugula and then we'll also have lettuces. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. So, if you can start something like that now, then 
all your harvesting times will be kind of staggered and that makes gardening a little bit easier too. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. And then like when it's so like around, you know, where we live and I don't know if it's the same where you live. Um, people always say, if you wait until Mother's Day, you're always safe to plant, to transplant outside. Okay. Even though our average last frost state is around the like April 18th, but it's, you know, that's an average last frost date. You may get a frost later than that. So if you have things outside, you may, you know, want to, you know, watch the temperature and cover it if you need to, um, which we do in the spring. But that's, I mean, that's even kind of a, a little more effort and work. But if you want to just be safe and wait till after Mother's Day when it's warm, um, some of the things that we love to direct so outside um, are like, I well, for flowers, I, direct, I start some early and transplant, but then I direct so a lot. So I have that multiple blooms at different times. So that's called succession planting. So you have you know, I'll have zinnias hopefully in June and then some more in July and more in August. Um, so then let's see, cool things that like the warm weather. We transplant the tomatoes and peppers outside when it's warm. Okra loves warm weather. Yes. Um, and then things, yeah, you direct so like your corn and your beans, um, squash, watermelon, any of the melons. Um, some of those you can start inside a little bit earlier and then transplant. It's just goes back to knowing the individual needs. Like some of those, um, don't transplant very well. Like some plants, when you kind of mess with the roots, like tomatoes, they do really well when you transplant because it kind of, it just like spikes their yeah, growth. Them up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it like, you know, just really stimulates them to grow. And then other plants, like when you disturb the roots, it's like, eh, I can't survive if you do that. So you just have to be kind of careful. But I mean, I find those warm season, it's just nice to direct so mm -hmm. because they can just grow in their bed. Yeah. Um, pumpkins are fun too if you have kids and they have, you don't need to start pumpkins until like, end of June, middle end of June, because you don't want them to, you don't want to harvest them till later in the fall. So they're kind of a fun one to plant later on. Yeah. And how do you, how do you kind of learn all of this? Like if you don't know what time is, I know you guys in your business, you have all these wonderful seeds. Is that information that comes with the seeds when they buy it? Or should they look that up on your website? Or do you have another website you would recommend for kind of learning the timing of planting? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I and I should have mentioned this sooner, but on the back of the seed packets that we sell, and a lot of seed companies put growing information on the back of the seed packets. And you do, if you're a new gardener, you really do want to pay attention to that. And that will that's a I would say start there. And if you don't feel like the seed packet has enough information, we try to be really, really clear and with our seed packets so that anyone could, you know, pick it up and grow. But there's, we on our website, we have a grower's library where we have hundreds of blogs on different gardening topics. So it's a great resource. And I are, um, I feel like we're really lucky because the two people that help us with our blog are both gardeners. 
and and writers. So they they just really do a fabulous job, and the information is is correct. Yeah, and, and then yeah, there's I I mean I love YouTube for pretty much any question. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and I I will second the the uh, blog tip because I have checked that out. It's very good. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes for everybody. But so much information, you can just learn a ton by going to your your website and reading the blog. So I'm really glad you have that. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay. So we have, you know, maybe starting with some things that you love as your first options, um, starting small, um, making sure you have good soil. And then was there any other tips that you would throw out there? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Um, just you would kind of talked about light and how, you know, the sunlight is really important um, for most things. And, you know, the sun is the best light always. Um, and so just, you know, making sure that when you're starting seedlings, this kind of applies mostly to seedlings. Um, the most common mistake and the question that I get a lot is like, mine didn't grow. And if your seedlings look tall and leggy, they're stretching to find the light. They don't have enough light. And so seedlings, if you don't have a direct sunny window, you definitely want to put some, you know, lamps or lights above to help them get started. And it doesn't need to be a fancy grow light. Really, if it's not the sun, any light will work. You just want to start with the lights directly above the seedlings. And then what we do is, we actually move our trays down as the seedlings grow and the light stays in one spot, but we okay. keep the lights right above. Um, and it's it's not, if you if someone wanted to start a grow station inside, it's really not super hard. Like we, this year we kind of re, we changed ours and we made it really easy. We bought um, some LED lights that are like long strips so that the bulbs you know, last a long time. So, and that was an, an improvement for our growth stations. And then we use zip ties and then just a wire shelf. So those three things. Um, and we got the, the, the light bulbs you can buy at a big box store. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That sounds doable. That's, I've been a fan of direct sowing. That's mostly what I do just because I'm intimidated by the indoor seed starting and I don't have a lot of great like windows that get a lot of direct sun throughout the day. So I think that's a great tip and makes me feel like maybe I could actually do it. <laughs> you can. It, it's not it's not as hard if you just need some some light and some good soil and, you know, a place for, you know, that I do love the wire shelves. Um that you we ordered one that's it's 24 inches wide so it's the same length as the seed trays so we can okay. fit so that's kind of a a great idea to get that size of shelf um so yeah light's important let's see watering let let's kind of jump into watering especially yeah. if you're starting seeds um and i i think i do this some um, i have to watch myself I'm like the like there's just part of me that wants to overwater everything. Like I feel like I'm taking care of my plants if I give them a ton of water. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, uh, th they don't all need that and sometimes if you overwater um it can lead to root rot which is where the 
you know, the root of the plant is just sitting in all that water. Mm-hmm. So I would say the term I like to use is moist, but not soggy to help people like kind of a general, you know, don't overwater, but you don't want them to get too dry either. And sometimes with like um, the soil, it can look nice and dark like it's wet, but it actually might not be wet. So I like to do the finger test. Mm -hmm. Like if you stick your finger down an inch and you feel that it's moist, then they're fine. You don't need a water. But if you stick your finger in an inch and it's dry, then you want a water. Yeah. And I've seen on some tutorials where they use actually a spray bottle to water, which I thought was a really good idea because it's really easy to overwater if you're pouring water over the top. And I think the misting was a really great tip. And it's good for those fragile little seedlings too. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great point. I liked I li- I use both depending on, you know, what they are. Um and sometimes with the seed trays, you can have, um, you can, they water from underneath, like they kind of wick up the water. And so some things do better with the, you know, water from the bottom or the top. So that's another kind of, you know, thing, thing, yeah. yeah, thing to play with, but. Awesome. All right. Did we get all the tips? Let's see. I'm just looking. Um, one thing to think about is. Um, two, two more things that I will, th- I'm, I'm probably giving you a few more than on the live. Um, just when you're planting, um, seedlings, it's check out the instructions, make sure you're planting them the right depth. Okay. I mean, some, some seedlings you barely want to cover and some need to go down like a half inch or an inch. So that's, and if you push them down too far, they really do have a hard time emerging up. I know that as I'm a former teacher, elementary teacher. Yeah. We we d- always did gardening and grew things in class. And it, it almost became the joke. The kids were waiting for the students who pushed their, their seeds down too far. You know, you know, three, four weeks later, that seedling finally showed some stuff. <laughs> so planting depth is important to know. Um, and there's a few seed varieties that actually like to be like just pressed into the soil, but still showing. So, yeah. So that's kind of a, a unique one that is is a few seed varieties like. And then the last thing I would say for, um, there's a term called hardening off. So if you've started your seeds inside, they're in this nice protected environment that's, you know, warm and lots of light. But then you move them outside and then you have the wind and you may have like storms. And so they're, the hardening off means you're giving them some outside time before you transplant them. So it's like the, move the trays outside. You move the, yeah. And it's really important for like, we do that with like our tomatoes and peppers for sure. We move them outside, you know, and we'll put them like kind of close to the house or a building where it's not full sun. And they're somewhat protected from the wind. And we'll just do it gradually, like maybe an hour the first day, maybe two hours, you know, maybe four hours. Uh, They're acclimating to being outside because if you don't do that, they'll suffer. They call it's called transplant shock. So you plant them and then they just look like it takes them a long time to recover from that. Yeah. If you 
you know, throw them out there on day one. So hardening off is really important. Okay. This is great. I feel like I just wish it was warmer so I could do some more outside now. I'm excited about getting out there and doing some of this and putting some of your tips to use. Thank you for sharing. I have three questions for you that I always ask at the end of every podcast and we'll kind of make it related toward gardening. So the first question is, what resource would you recommend for someone who wants to learn more? So we, we kind of have your blog, like we'll we'll put that in the show notes for sure. Is there another gardening, um, I don't know, YouTube channel or book or anything like that that you would recommend for someone who wants to learn more? Oh gosh, there's so many. It's hard to say just one. I will, I guess I'll go back to our growers library. Yeah. Um, to read um the blog articles on our website. I think that I think we have one of the best resources, but I wouldn't be afraid to look for gardening. Um like I'm trying to think on YouTube, like there's um there's a couple that we really like. There's Epic Gardening and then there's a vegetable gardening. And I don't know if I can remember the exact name. Okay. But they have I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes for yeah. you. Yeah. Sometimes it's helped to see like the video of someone actually doing it. So that could be a good resource, I think. Yeah. And then second, what is, I always ask, what's your favorite healthy snack? So maybe there's something in the garden that you, you, you love to, to just like go out there and like, you know, snack on. Um, if I'm eating direct from the garden, uh, peas, garden peas are the best. Yeah. They're kind of fun because you can just pick them and open them up and eat them. So that's that's kind of stems back to my childhood too. It's just really fun to eat garden peas. I agree. And then I would have to say, but, oh, watermelon. Yes. Uh, watermelon are, watermelon and then tomatoes, fresh from the garden. And once you've tasted that, like, they have so much more flavor than ones you buy at the grocery store. So much been harvested like four weeks prior but once you like harvest a fresh watermelon and a tomato and eat it like it's just life-changing you won't want to go back <laughs> yeah i agree is there anyone that you would love to see as a guest on this podcast is there anyone in the health and wellness world or gardening world that you think would be really interesting oh well i am definitely a well gosh there's so many um I am a fan. A, this is a big fan, but I'll tell you about several. I do love to watch flower gardeners and what they do with the flowers. Um, and there's a lot of um, medicinal uses with flowers and herbs, you know, to make like herbal teas that are really fun. But um, like a, a really well-known is Florette Flowers. You've probably heard of her. She's just so fun. But there's also a local... Um, flower farmer in Lee Summit, who's has a store. Um, her site is called Bell Fior Flowers. And oh. she she's a flower farmer and she does a really beautiful job with her flowers and her flower arrangements. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate all your tips, all your wisdom. We're just so excited to get into gardening season now. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. I love being here quick review shout out for Brittany. This podcast is a game changer. All the things I need to know as a mom, but never seem to have time, energy, and focus to read about. So thankful to have this in my ears. Thank you so much, Brittany. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Daily Wellness Podcast. We hope that you found it helpful for your own wellness journey. And if so, we'd love for you to leave a review. Then come back and listen for review shoutouts on upcoming episodes. For more information, check out the show notes and connect with us on our website, dailywellnesscommunity.com.